Wrote this song while crew and Aaron on a hundred mile foot race through the trails in the rain and mud. How about that? listeners this is Aaron Saft I tell you these introductions are they're the toughest thing to do you sound like a goober no matter what you say on these things so oh man um, I'm excited for uh, again for today's episode um, recorded this a little while ago um, today I'm recording this intro uh, the day before I release so Wednesday May 13th I'm, I'm recording this intro but I, I recorded the the actual conversation um, a little while back with uh, my guest Michelle Hartwig. Uh, Michelle is a, a kindred spirit in the uh, the running community. She um, she race directs. Um, you know she has her own podcast, The Dirt. Um, you know does uh, so, you know some YouTube videos. Um, she uh, has a whole coaching group that uh, you know she has under her umbrella. I mean. She really, you know, from from uh, nonprofits and boards, she just does it all. Like she is uh, embodies, you know, what what uh, what I love about our sport and uh, and people in it. Um, just a real dynamic personality. Um, she's you know she's shy and introverted. Um, you know, I, I kind of had a 
make sure she was okay with doing this. Um, I guess she had a, you know, a tough experience on, on somebody else's podcast. Um, cause she felt like, you know, they were just trying to, uh, to hit the hot topics and, uh, you know, and, and kind of stir the pot and create a little controversy to, uh, to, you know, kind of enthrall the listeners. Uh, and you know, she was so grateful afterwards, you know, we messaged afterwards just saying, you know, you know, thank you. And, uh, you know, I, like, like I said, this is an open, honest conversation. Um, I have no, um, agenda. It's just a conversation, you know, with people that really influence our running community. And, um, I really, I enjoyed my time with Michelle. We did have a few little technical glitches <laughs> Her battery died on her computer. And so, um, you know, I had to do a little bit of splicing and, and editing. Uh, so forgive me, it's me editing. So I'm not the, the best at it, but, uh, you know, we, we did our best. So, um, that's coming up my conversation with Michelle Hartwig again. Thank you, Michelle, for, for being on. I really did enjoy our time. Um, the, uh, the introduction music, we had a little new introduction music. Um, uh, you know, my, uh, my, my best bud, Scott Sosha, um, he, uh, he sent me a song, uh, that he had wrote and, uh, you know, just all of a sudden it, it pinged this memory, um, that I had, he, he had written, um, a song after I ran the, uh, Chattanooga 100. Cause he had, um, he was, um, you know, part of my crew for that and he had never really been to an ultra. And so he wrote that intro after, uh, the Chattanooga 100 on his, uh, his, uh, ukulele. So I want to thank my buddy for, for that. Um, you know, it's, a uh, it's a nice little personal touch. So thanks buddy. Appreciate that greatly. Um, I also want to just say, you know, thank you for all of your comments and feedback on the, on last week's episode. Um, you know, it was, it was emotional and touching for me. Um, when I looked, um, at the submit button before I, I, you know, I, I put the podcast out there, I had that moment where I was like, do I really want to put this out there? You know, this is raw exposed. This is, you know, my emotions. It's, you know, I, I like, you know, things I said, like, you know, is it, is it, Am I going to be okay putting this out there? And, uh, you know, that, again, it goes back to the reality. This is who I am and what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm trying to be real and expose and, you know, give you guys insight and, uh, and hopefully uh, provoke you to, um, to, to seek, um, you know, you, your, your true self and, um, you know, betterment of uh, not only yourselves, but, um, you know, those around us. So I hope, uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you hadn't had a listen, you know, please go back and, and take a listen. And, uh, you know, I pose the challenge that you write a, a letter to your future self. So I hope you do do that, whether you share it or not. Um, you know, I hope you've, uh, you've taken that challenge and, and written that letter to yourself. Um, so, um, you know, once again, thank you. And, uh, I, I really did enjoy having the kids on, um, that, you know, that was, uh, that was special to me and I appreciate those that, that, you know, uh, that did appreciate that as well. Um, Keegan will be coming on. Uh, he's, uh, he's written an assignment for school. Um, it was a poem and, uh, it was supposed to be based, um, kind of roughly around how Kobe Bryant wrote his, um, for the love of basketball poem. And so Keegan wrote for the love of cross country and it just, it really resonated and hit home. So, um, really enjoyed that. Um, I'm going to have him read it. Um, and, uh, it's just taking a little bit of coaxing to get him to, to want to read it uh, and put himself out there, but I'm proud of him for, for agreeing to do it. So, uh, we'll get that on, uh, probably within the next episode or so. Um, got some great guests coming up, um, as well as some other, um, com- you know, kind of reflective, uh, podcasts. 
So, um, I, you know, I appreciate this opportunity once again, and you guys listening, and once again, your feedback means the world. So, thank you. Um, today, I was uh, I was running. I uh, did a workout this morning. I uh, chose to do it on the treadmill just due to how early I had to do it. I was I started the workout around 5 a.m. and just didn't want to be out on the roads with a headlamp trying to cruise at 10K or 5K pace uh, in the dark. I just wasn't feeling it. So, you know, I chose to do it on the treadmill. But uh, the main point is that I, I, I watched um, – the Jerry Seinfeld new sign, uh, his new stand-up episode. Uh, it was man, it was great. Uh, I love his his humor, um, his uh, introspective view um, of the world around him and how he views things. Uh, and and you know, I encourage you to watch it because it just it it makes you reflective and, and kind of see things. You're like, wow, that's like you know, that's that's actually that's spot on. You know, like I didn't never thought of it that way. Um, but I really enjoyed that special. Uh, it was it was great, uh, and you know Jerry's—he's a master of the stage and uh, of his uh, of his profession. He just has timing. Um, you can tell he he waits, pauses for a moment, so if people can can kind of process and laugh at the joke, and then then he hits you again. So um, really artful and masterful way to uh, to look at something and and just laugh and give yourself that that moment uh, to laugh and enjoy it. So. Uh, I hope you enjoy that if you have the chance. Um, let's see. So um, coming up, you know, obviously got a um, – uh, well, we've got a lot of races on the docket. I was I was talking uh, – saw my – you know, one of my, my good buddies, Morgan Elliott, um, uh, yesterday on a run. And um, we uh, – you know, we were talking about, like, what's coming up. And the reality of it is that, like, you know, things as they stand, if they're they go the way they're planned – um, I'll have races September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, and May of, uh, you know, this year and next. Um, so, um, got a lot going on. Um, you know, there's, uh, I'll, I'll put everything in the show notes. Um, you know, some of the stuff's coming up on ultra sign up. Uh, I've, I've, I've been thinking about this event and, you know, um, when I thought about the river loop and doing another six, 12 and 24 hour event, I was like, you know, do we really need another one of those? Like, let's do something different. So, um, I've changed the format and, uh, it was a race that I heard about, I think in England, um, we're still going to use the farm, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, and, uh, run there. I'm going to try to make it a little longer of a loop. Um, but, uh, the premise is going to be that um, you don't know what race you are running until right before race starts. I'm going to put um, four different distances in different envelopes. The distances will be 50K, 50 mile, 125K, and 100 miles. So four different distances that you have the potential of running, but you don't know what exactly you're coming to run until right before the race. When somebody picks an envelope, we open it up, and that's the distance you get to run. So you come prepared to run for 50K or 100 miles. It's uh, just something different, you know, something wacky. Uh, I'm not looking to make this race big. I just really want to do something different um, and just have fun with people that want to be there. Um, You know, that's, I think... That's that should be the point of races is just the uh, the community and, um, you know, just having a good time together. So um, that's the plan. I'm working on that right now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working that on that all out on ultra sign up. 
also working on that virtual series, trying to put that together. Uh, again, that will be the potential of, uh, of running 10K, half marathon, 50K. Uh, you can sign up for one, two, or all three. And, uh, you know, I'll have a, uh, a training plan. Um, if you want a cookie cutter training plan, beginner, intermediate, advanced, uh, you know, for, for an extra cost. Uh, and then, um, you know, you can sign up for all three. Uh, you, there will be awards for all three and uh you know uh a shirt obviously for for all three um and uh you know uh, i'm also going to do um, personalized coaching so that will be an option as well if you'd like um but uh you know working on all those details ironing it all out making sure it all makes sense um so working on that, all that good stuff uh registration once again is open for um the cradle of the grave race uh it's september 12th um you know, Hellbender, um, we have, uh, paused on, um, the, uh, charging people if they come off the wait list. Um, we are still maintaining the wait list and taking people off the wait list if, if, uh, you know, if need be. Um, but, uh, just, you know, without the certainty of what's going to happen this fall, uh, we're not, we're not charging people for, um, for it until we know the event's going to take place. Um, same thing for December 5th, Headwaters 30K, uh, trail race in Panthertown, uh, Valley. We're, uh, uh, the registration is open for that, not charging, um, until we know for sure the event can happen. So, you know, feel free to sign up for that. Um, the entry limits this year are going to be a hundred people. Um, we just, we don't want to make that event too big just yet. Uh, especially with everything going on. Uh, we have plans for that race for the future. So, um, I hope you'll come join us because Panther town is amazing. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hopefully, I'm like, I think the trails are open. I've been trying to verify that, but I'm going to try to go out there this weekend and do my long run out there, uh, just to, um, you know, kind of peruse around, see some new trails. Um, but anyhow, um, yeah, I hope you'll join us for that. Uh, Solly, January 23rd, uh, again, um, uh, working to get uh, registration ready for that. We're doing the same thing. Not going to charge people until we know we can have it, but, uh, race date, January 23rd for, for Solly. So, um, haven't had any plans yet. Haven't even bothered DuPont cause I know they're just reopening and things are crazy. So I haven't even reached out to them. Um, and, uh, the Fontana village has not reopened. Uh, they should be reopening soon. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I reached out to them, but nobody was there to respond. So, uh, hoping to bring back Fontana Dango, but we'll see how that goes. So, uh, all right. So that's, that's races, everything going on. Um, uh, you guys, I'll just have completed once this podcast, uh, comes out, uh, I'll have completed a, a zoom conference about coaching. Um, so, um, you know, I'll, I'm going to try to post that as a, uh, uh, YouTube video as well as, uh, um, a podcast just so, uh, you can hear, um, what we talked about questions that were asked. Uh, and if, you know, if more questions come from it, please reach out. Uh, my email running pains at gmail.com. It's going to be in the show notes. Um, ways to contact me, all my socials, all that good stuff. It's all in the show notes. As always, thank you guys for, for listening. I hope you enjoy this episode, Michelle, and uh, look forward to uh, the next time we talk. All right. Today, I'd like to welcome Michelle Hartwig to the MR Running Pains podcast. How are you today? Good. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Uh, Michelle is a, a, a jack of all trades and, and master of all as well. She does everything so well. Um, I'm really excited to have her on the show. Um, 
some of you may not know who Michelle is. So um, I'd like Michelle to give herself a, a little introduction here. Okay, well, I'm from the Midwest. So, and I put on, um, I'm an ultra runner I, for, for a long time. And I put on trail races from like the Hennepin 100 is probably one that people know about. And I took over Kettle Moraine 100 last year. And overall, I have nine different ultra marathons I put on. Ooh, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she also has her own podcast. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so then, uh, so I like to connect with the community. And uh, really, my personality is very, very shy. But I w like to encourage people to, you know, because I found out that I could do trail running. And I wanted other people to feel comfortable. So I, it was a very hard leap for me. Uh, but I decided to put on a podcast to try to let people know that anybody can do this. And so I put on the dirt trail running podcast. So we get the dirt on different trail runners. Yeah, it's, it's awesome because there's a lot of guests on there that um, I, you know, I don't know. Um, a lot of people from the Midwest and stuff. So um, really cool. I, I enjoy listening to your podcast. And of late, you've had a lot of live shows, which has been cool too. Yeah, yeah. We Well, because we were paying somebody to do all of our shows for us. We didn't have the equipment. And now with COVID, we obviously can't have people together. So we started using Zoom and uh, recording that. But we've had some fantastic shows. It's worked out really well. Awesome. I'm getting a little uh, echo here. Okay, is it on my side? I don't I think it's. It. I think it's me. Hold on one sec. Let's see if that's that's better. Okay. For some reason, my my headphones were giving me an echo. Sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, my headphones. I was on a show the other day, and my headphones were giving me a hard time. So I was a little worried, but I didn't have time to get new ones. That's uh, it, that's much better. So it was on my end. Um, I was listening to another podcast the other day, and there was some kind of screeching in the background. I don't know if it was like feedback or something, but it was just driving me nuts to listen to it. And, you know, like every time he stopped, I was like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's uh, the joys of of learning and podcasting. Um, and th th I mean, I love the fact that you're you're trying to connect with the community. That's wonderful. Um, so take us back. Um, you know, I mean. Ultra sign up never tells us the whole story. Um, you know, like that's uh, that's one place we can dig and kind of see what people have been up to. But um, take us back. Where did, where did it start for Michelle Hartwick? Uh, it started when my kids were young, and uh, I actually was never a runner. I'm I'm pretty high anxiety person, and not necessarily comfortable with people, even though I love people to death. Like I just really would do anything for anybody. And I think that a lot of people will know that. Uh, but I just, I, you know, I just didn't feel comfortable. That would be a whole psychology session. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, you know, so I was out, you know, I would take my kids on bike rides and it was actually the Illinois Prairie Path. We would go on bike rides and I would see runners. And I thought, that looks really cool. I wonder if I can do that. So one day my mom, she lived with us and she said she'd watch the kids so I could try running. And I made it like two houses and I was like dying and this is awful. And then I, I don't think I really even knew what races were. The only thing I really knew was Chicago Marathon. I'm like, well, if I'm going to figure out how to run, I'll just run, you know, that's the race. So I signed up for a marathon and <laughs> not even being able to run 
uh, you know, two houses. And so I, you know, download, like everybody does, I downloaded Hal Higgins oh boy. Uh, free training program and I <laughs> followed it, you know, cause I always follow directions. I'm a direction follower <laughs> and but I was scared to death the whole time ran by myself. I was, I belonged to a health club. I knew there was runners, but I wouldn't run with them because I didn't think that I was really a runner. And uh, so I did the training plan and still not sure that I could finish. And, and then it was easy on race day. It was really nice because there was people around and I saw, and I actually at Chicago marathon ran into people I knew at the health club and crystal Lake. And it was really nice to be with people and, and quite honestly, it was, even though I had done the full, yeah, I'd started training in like January and the race was in October. I'd never ran with anybody. And, and I don't think I'd ever enjoyed a run until that run. And immediately I don't, you know, cause I would read like runner's world and stuff. And the first thing I said to my husband, it's like, oh, I could run six more miles and it would be an ultra. And for, I don't even know where that came from. It must've been something I read. And so transition to ultras pretty quickly. So it's been a lot, you know, quite a while, probably like 2007. That was really, yeah. I would say. When you ran the marathon? Uh, yeah, I think, it, I think that's what year it was. I would have to, I don't, I'm not by my, I'm not in my office at home. It has my medal up, but I think that's <laughs> about what year it was. <laughs> How old are your kids? Uh, my daughter turned 20, like just not too long ago, a few days ago. And then my son is 22. Oh, right on, right on. Are they home right now or? Yeah, my daughter lives with us. We, um, my mom used to live in our basement and she passed away a um, few years back, but she had an apartment down there. And so my daughter and her girlfriend live in the apartment in our basement and I love having them there. <laughs> um, I think that and and she's really smart and great and fun to be around. And then my son lives in Louisville, Kentucky, but he's getting ready to come home Monday to help me out. And he's a ballet dancer. He's at uh, he's a company dancer at Louisville Ballet. Wow, man! And he's a runner too. Are <laughs> you? <Yeah>. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's great. What's what's he do? Is he like uh, ultras as well, or? Uh, well, he just mainly runs with me, runs to stay fit between, uh, when he's dancing, like uh, dancer schedules are in extreme. Like, uh, he was, when he was, he went, he graduated from Butler university and his roommate was a doc going to be a doctor. And my son's schedule as a full-time as, you know, majoring in dance was harder than the doctor's schedule. So they get up in the morning and they work nonstop. But then when they have downtime, they need to stay fit. And he, he was here for the summer and he started running with me. And that's how he started running. But, you know, growing up, he was never a runner because he was yeah. second grade was when he started dance. And it has been intense since then. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I, I understand that circus, you know, trying to trying to get kids around to the various uh, performances and practices and games. And uh, it's, you know, you're you're on the tail end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the front end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just got done hearing your podcast with your kids. They are adorably cute. <laughs> oh, man. They're uh, they're they're a handful. They're they're wonderful right now. Uh, I'm just 
I, like you, I'm, I'm glad to have them around. You know, uh, my son, you know, earlier is like, Hey, can we go outside and play catch? And I was like, yeah, man, like, let me just get a few things done and uh, we'll go outside. And you know, my daughter, she's, um, she, she's into uh, badminton right now and, and volleyball. We set up a you know net in the yard. Oh, okay. Thank you. Um, so uh, it's, it's, it's amazing, especially having them as part. I mean, it's, it's a joy to be able to go for a run with them. I'm sure you, you have experienced that just to have them out on a run with you. Uh, I, that's, that's what I truly enjoy is sharing the sport with them. Um, something you said earlier that, that, you know, like I just wanted to touch on, cause it's something that I hear quite frequently is, um, you know, a lot of people come into, uh, the running store and they're like, I'm not a, I'm not a runner. I'm just starting. Um, so, you know, I, I'd like to. I like to start to say like, you know, like, well, we're, we're all runners. If we're, if we're doing the sport, you know um, I, I don't think there's a definition that we can say like, you know, you're a runner. If, if you are going out for a run, even if it's the two houses, you know, like, I, I, like I want that to start to encompass what a runner is um, instead of saying, you know, like I'm not a runner, but I want to be, you know, like if you're going to try, you know, let's, let's call you a runner. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, let's, let's change the definition and, and make this more welcoming. Um, you also touched on runner's world too. And it was something that I brought up. Um, do you still get runner's world? I don't actually, I, I don't, I, I'm really pretty busy. I barely have time to yeah. read anything, but yeah. I, I get ultra running magazine mm-hmm. is, and I keep up on that. Yeah. I, you know, um, I've watched the, the evolution of, uh, of runner's world. Um, yeah, I, I started, 30 years ago now running and I've been reading runners world ever since we still get it. And, um, it, you know, like I, I just feel if you, and even in like ultra runner, like you look at the front covers, I just, I, I don't feel like we're, we're doing anybody any favors by who we're modeling. Um, and who we're saying the sport is, is for, um, like most of the covers of ultra running magazine, they're you know professional, um, you know, or, you know, this like, you know, Greek, you know, God bodily, you know, like that's, I, you know, I talked on Pat Regan's episode, uh, of, of his podcast about this, you know, I, I think we should start to portray, um, runners as, as everybody's type, you know? Um, and that's, that's how we're going to get more acceptance in the sport and everybody's going to feel more like a runner and a part of this sport. Um, you know, like, you know, it's, I love the fact that you're being inclusive and trying to get people included. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I see these, these covers and these pictures of the models and stuff. And I, I like, I just, I, I kind of get frustrated, you know, I think it, it turns some people off. Um, and, uh, there's, um, a young lady, she's up in the Midwest. Um, I'm trying to Je- Jessica, um, is it Jessica? She does the, um, is it the Heartland podcast? Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know that podcast. Uh, croissant. I forget Jessica's last name off the top of my head, but okay. she's doing a publication that's going to be more um, open and accepting. And I'm excited to see, I think she came out with their first issue, um, but I'm excited to see where she goes. Cause you know, I mean, you look at trail running magazine that like oh, one of the last issues, it was like all around Colorado. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it feels like it's, it's so concentric, you know, I like, I'd like to see it expand, uh, you know, and uh, like what you're doing, you know, you're, you're opening up people to the, the Midwest, uh, 10 junk miles, you know, same thing. Um, it's, you know, like we need more of that and we need in the publications for people to see like, you know, other regions and expose it. Like, you know, you're saying people know Hennepin, but, um, like you do the, uh, frozen gnome, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, like some of the other ones, like, you know, people need to get any exposure to these, um, you know, and, uh, you've had, uh, you've had Corey at your races. Yeah. Um, 
obviously, I mean, like it's, it's runners like that, that, you know, like we need to, to give more exposure to, um, you know, I, I like what I'm seeing in the sport. I mean, um, we're seeing like, um, these ambassadors, they're not just like professional runners. You and I ran for team innovate. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, you know, like the, I guess the perception of a, um, of an athlete has changed, which is awesome. I'm, I'm, we're starting to see that, um, you know, like touch on like what your experience was, uh, with team innovate. Uh, well, I mean, that was back when that was the only like sponsored trail runners that there was, there wasn't like tailwind runners. There wasn't orange mud runners, all the things there, you know, it was in the, in the, um, community was a lot smaller than two. Like I absolutely knew who all the other t- team innovate runners were, even though we were all over the country and it t- we were all the same people every year for quite a few years. And, uh, I mean, it definitely, I mean, it was a lot of fun. I completely, they were very nice. It inspired me. I felt like I was, uh, representing, you know, something that was helpful to me. It helped me with my, you know, not having to pay for as many shoes and stuff that I needed. But, um, and it, you know, I don't know, it just helped me connect with people. I think that the, uh, the ambassadorship stuff is different now. I'm not sure that I like it as, as much. I, I've had a lot because my business is called ornery meal racing and I've had a lot of people want to be an ornery meal racing ambassador. I'm like, but I don't quite understand what you're standing for, you know, what that means. Like it feel, I don't, I don't know. Like I only like stuff that feels really authentic. And I, I felt like innovate at the time was really authentically, you know, like we had a blog that, that we all like contributed to and talked about races. So we were teaching people and bringing people into the sport and uh, Mark Lundblad, he was, uh, captain for a while, and then Gina, who's now Trail Sisters, was captain for a while, and I don't know. It was just really an authentic, great group, and I felt like we were growing the sport, and uh, you know, we were definitely at the beginning. I mean, there was there was a much bigger beginning, but we were at the beginning of it, getting pretty huge, kind of. I mean, we're still small, but it grew rapidly. I don't know if I gave an answer on that, but I was like, um, I kind of felt kind of weird on the team. I mean, I was okay. I was a dedicated runner. Uh, you know, I never miss a workout. I'm a hard worker. And I had a coach. If she told me that I needed to do, you know, a one mile warm up, eight minute miles, and then a two mile cool down, like I did, it was to the second. That's what I did. And you get better, you know, when you do that, because, you know, and you, and I didn't go too fast, when, you know, like, so it kept me injury free. Uh, but I was just okay. Yeah, I was, I mean, I wasn't bad of a runner, but I wasn't great. There was a lot of really good people on the team. So I, but everybody was super nice to me. And um, I thought we were a good team. What was your experience with the team? Uh, so I, I've always loved Innovate, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm like you, I, you know, I, I, if I believe in a brand, um, uh, you know, and I feel I can support the brand, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm behind it. Uh, and Innovate was one of those products. Um, they were um, obviously like at that time, this is uh, prior, we should also frame this. This was prior to the explosion of CrossFit when, uh, you know, this is before that, that 
really CrossFit came into the game and uh, and Innovate sought that that avenue of the uh, um, functional fitness or uh, the the fitness movement. So they they were truly dedicated to trail running, um, and that they were a trail brand. Um, and so I, I love that. Um, uh, I still I you know just I <laughs> just started running in uh, in their shoes again. Um, you know, and uh, I, I was like I always go back to them because you know I, I know. I know what the shoe is. Uh, I know it, it, you know, it doesn't change, you know, if it's the trail talent 235, that's, you know, the next year it's, it's still the trail talent 235, you know, that when they, uh, when they, you know, they don't update the model. That's the, that's what I love about the brand. It's consistent. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas a lot of the other footwear companies, they're going to update the shoe, you know, just like, well, you know, well, um, the Hoka, I mean, Hoka, I was running for Hoka last year and, um, you know, the, uh, the speed goat, you know, one of their most popular models, it's, it changes and, you know, and from one year to the next, it's, it could be a dud, you know? So I, I like the consistency that we found in innovate, um, Mark Lundblad, personal friend, um, you know, so, uh, and he lives here in Asheville. Um, so, um, you know, I love that connection. Um, I knew a lot of the people on team, like you were saying, um, they didn't over ask of us, which, you know, I, I kind of feel like sometimes we're, we're, we're a little over asked sometimes as athletes as to like, you need to post on social media once a month and hashtag blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? No, they didn't ask anything. I, it's, it made yeah. you want to do stuff for yeah. them. Right. Right. You know, I like, well, and this is also a time where social media wasn't as prevalent you know, when, when we were running, I mean, you talk, you talked about there's a blog, but I mean, like, you know, Facebook wasn't what it is now. Um, you know, they we did tell, tell me one year that we needed to get, I wasn't on Facebook hmm. and I, and they sent an email to all the athletes and said that we should all figure out how to do Facebook. And so that's when I started Facebook and I was really awkward at first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it, glad it's not it, as popular. It wasn't as popular then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's, um, I mean, you know, it's, I, I just don't like the, the posts where the, the hashtags are longer than the actual, um, you know, message of the, or caption of the, the photo, whatever it is. Um, so it's, but I, like, I understand it at the same time, it's, uh, it's marketing for them, um, you know, and, but I think it's, it's, it's also helping some people that are, are, uh, you know, they have a story uh, that are, are worth telling. We met Kyle or I, you know, I've known Kyle, but you met Kyle last year at the, uh, the trail running conference. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and, and Kyle's story is amazing. Um, and you know, him, him and his brand that they help him spread his story and, and not only spread his story, but help others that, you know, that have visual impairments or, or are blind and, and need guided runners. So, um, I think that's really cool, you know, that, that, that can happen. Um, yeah, sometimes the, you know, it, it's a little bit like contrived, you know, if you will, uh, yeah. brand, what they make, uh, you know, people do, um, from an, from an event standpoint, um, like, how do you feel about the, your sponsors? Do you feel they're, they're supportive or, um, do you feel sometimes it's like, it's a little, a little bit more take than give? <laughs> oh yeah. I'm not really, uh, I don't seek out sponsorship very much at all. I figure the race needs to be able to make it on its own. And cause I feel like, yeah, they, they want to put their logo on everything and they don't really want to do anything that helps me. And, uh, you know, know, sometimes I don't want to say everybody, you know, so really like, I I guess I don't like the word sponsorship. I want a good partnership. Partnership. Yeah, no, that's the term I use as well. Um, you know, when, when talking to potential partners, um, do you use any nutritional products consistently throughout your races or, I, um, I used to use Tailwind 
and then they uh, they weren't do you know going to be supporting races anymore, which was kind of surprising to me because I was the rep for a lot. I was one of their first rep sales rep because I used to work as a sales rep while I was doing the races at the beginning. So I went to running stores and you know what sales reps are. <laughs> you know, that was my job. I had a bag full of stuff that I went around and talked to running yeah, stores. Yeah. And to me, it was, I loved it because I loved seeing all my stores, but I, what, I wasn't very good at it because I don't think I'm a very good salesperson. I don't like to be pushy or anything. And uh, I actually think I could be a better salesperson now because now I know what I need to buy for my business. So I understand what I needed from what I would have been able to give as a rep that would have been helpful because uh, my business has has grown. But I forgot where I was going to go from there. <laughs> I got off track. Uh, uh, if, uh, you know, if you're supported by any nutrition. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I ended up. Um, so then I, I have a coaching business, too out of my shop here. The, it's, I'm in Crystal Lake, the trailhead. And uh, one of my coaches is Annie Weiss. So she has the fastest known time on the Ice Age Trail. Right. And she was telling me about this fluid nutrition. And so uh, I talked to them and they sent us some samples. And before COVID, we had a big run here at the shop because I'm actually directly on a trail. The trail I started running on is the trail that I'm I, my store is on. And uh, so I had a whole bunch of runners here and they all tested it and they really liked it. And we tested it for a while. So we did switch to fluid and that's actually, you know, it's a small business. Um, I'm talking to Richard later on today, actually, and uh, we're trying to help each other out. It's a partnership. You know, he knows, you know, this is tough. We, I, my business is to put out races and I've already had three races postponed this year. And his business is, you know, nutrition for runners and, it's the runners are having a hard time, like mentally, they're having a hard time right now. You know, it's hard, you know, you don't, you don't know what you're training for. And so, you know, it's that I feel like that's going to be a really good partnership, because he wants to help me out. And I want to help him out. And we want to encourage people to stay positive. Yeah. Well, let's, let's touch on a few things there. So um, you're, you're coaching. Um, Do you have a collective group of coaches? Yeah, we do. And I'm not coaching. I, um, marketing is a good skill I have. I'm, I'm not very, I don't like to sell, but I, I, you know, marketing, I'm pretty good at it. And it's, I don't think it's because I'm trying to sell. It's because I just love absolutely. I'm so excited about everything. <laughs> and, and so you could, so it's just, I accidentally sell despite myself. Cause I just like to tell everybody all the fun stuff that's going on. And uh, yeah, so we got, I think like eight coaches right now. And uh, we started that only in January. And uh, we, I mean, I just am so impressed with the coaches that we have. It's really great people from the Midwest and they're in all different regions. You know, they're different ages, different levels of runners, uh, different type, you know, like we have one that's kind of CrossFit-y sort of runner. Uh, so he trains a certain way. And so they all just train a different way. So it's really good fit for different types of runners and what they're looking for. Some like, you know, some are like, we'll talk to you every day and, and, and stuff. And some are just some, some of the runners just go, tell me what to do and then leave me alone. And we got coaches like that too. So they match up to everybody's personality. Awesome. That's great. Very cool. The, um, 
let's let's go back to the the races. Um, you said you got three three that have been canceled right now. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I only canceled one. I postponed two of them. Uh, I I mean, I they were all sold out, and I had all the merchandise ordered for them. Uh, the one that I canceled. You know, I'll just box all that stuff up. But luckily, I don't have dates on it. Uh, so I was able to change that and not have dates on it. So I'll use that next year. But like Kettle is pretty big. That was a lot of stuff. So And I and I postponed it. It was pretty easy decision to postpone it because actually uh, North Face, you know, they quit putting on races. And so in the Southern Kettles, they had a race. And that's where I put on uh, the Kettle Moraine 100. And uh, the, the DNR had offered me that weekend to take over that spot. And so I had, so they were waiting for them to officially give it up. And they did, like, right around the same time as COVID made it obvious. So I just postponed it. I just, call, I let DNR go, well, the race I had told you that I was going to do, can I just make it Kettle instead? And postpone it because I I felt like I was hit. Well, you too were hit like first before anybody. Like now everybody's like, oh yeah, another race is canceled. But we were like right at the start when when um, all that just went down. My birthday was March 11th and March 12th, everything changed in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so that's why that was an easy postpone. And then Earth Day was kind of the same thing. I put on that race is in April and I had had booked a date in October for a five mile trail race. Cause I do, I like long running, but I like to encourage new people and I didn't have any races that were just short races. And I don't like it when people go, Oh, I'm only doing the 15 mile. You know, I wanted people to feel like I'm doing the five mile. So I was going to do like a five and 10 mile race uh, in October. And, but then they were doing some trail work. So I kind of decided to postpone it another year, but I had that weekend already. They had it set aside. So that postponed Earth Day. Uh, So that's really the only reason there was weekends available. And and I moved into them pretty, pretty easily. But then Galena Sky, they wanted that I could have postponed that, but I, um, I just didn't want to postpone it because they gave me a date for that as well. And then have to tell everybody again that it was canceled again. I was just like, okay, I'm just done. Like, because it was just, it's so much stress to have to disappoint everybody. <laughs> oh, I, I know. I mean, we, you know, we, as I said on, on my podcast this morning, um, you know, we were talking about Hellbender um, because who knows what's going to happen in November. You know, like, I mean, if we can't do it in November, you know, it's like, what are our options? <laughs> you know, because it's, it's, that's, that's so difficult. Um, you know, I'd like, like you said, we were on the front end of it, you know, like our event was like, should we do it? You know, like, I mean, we probably could get it in, but you know, like, then we started worrying about the, you know, the people that were traveling, our volunteers, you know, like, and then it became real evident that we were just putting too many people at risk. Um, 
So, I mean, but then, you know, you go to a rescheduled date and I mean, I have, I have other friends that are race directors that they've, their rescheduled date that has already been canceled. <laughs> like the, you know, the, the parks are saying, you know, we can't host that event in that time frame. So, you know, I'm sorry, but your reschedule has to be <laughs> either postponed or canceled. So, I mean, you know, we're facing really, really tough times. And as you said, it's, it's really tough on, on race directors. Cause you know, uh, that's, that's, that's their primary income. Um, and, uh, any thoughts of like virtual races or how do you feel about that? I, you know what, at first I, you know, like, well, for kettle, I was like, well, we'll just make it a virtual race and it'll just be free. And I'll make, I, I figured out, you know, I'd probably spend about $600 on stickers and mailing out, you know, cause I, you know, I just wanted to take care, you know, like I felt like I wanted to take care of these people and, and, uh, and, you know, and help them get through this. But then I, I, you know, people like, I actually did a free virtual race for my Earth Day race too. And we had like 450 people signed up and only like a hundred people did the virtual. And that was actually after I pestered them like crazy to do it. Cause I'm like, man, I bought all these prizes and, and nobody's doing it. And then I was seeing people sign up for virtual races and it started to, and they were getting past that time because at first I got a lot of messages for Kettle of, it wasn't even like, are you canceling the race? It was people telling me, I can't run. My, I, my, I feel like I got like a million pounds on my shoulder. I don't know how to train. I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. I'm so stressed out. Like people, I, as a race director, I think that we get a lot of people talking about, you know, the hardships in their life. And, uh, and so then it kind of, you know, so right at first, you know, that was one reason I postponed Kettle because I could feel that people just were too stressed out. They didn't know if the race was going to happen, but then it transitioned a little bit and I could feel that happening within my community where people now were starting to want to have, you know, we're starting to be able to run a little bit and um, starting to, you know, we were starting to accept what was going on and we needed something to look forward to. And I, so I did uh, actually just launch a, you know, I, so I decided that they're a good thing, virtual races. Like this is what we live in right now. And, you know, we go to school on a, on a screen and if we're going to be together and do a race, it's going to have to be virtually. So I, I've been working on for a while because I am all about the Midwest and I really think that we need, like back on Innovate Days, even my blog in, was called Midwest Trail Runner. Like I've always thought we'd have really cool different trails and that people should recognize them. And so I had been working for a while on putting on Midwest States 100. And I actually, I, um, we at Hennepin this last year, we had one of the board members from Western States 100 come and I felt like Midwest States 100, you know, like that's obviously sounds like their branding. And, you know, they they own that branding and they deserve that branding. They've worked really hard. They made a really, really special race. And so I reached out to them and asked them to discuss if they were comfortable with me using a name Midwest States 100. Because I felt like they have the best of Western states, then there's Eastern states 100. They got the, well, maybe Hellbender is the best of Eastern states. <laughs> no, they got a great race. And then I'm like, yo, I want a Midwest states. Like nobody talks about us. So uh, the Western states board, they actually all talked 
together. And then they gave me a few names that they were comfortable with. And they were, you know, the, they were real happy with how Hennepin went. And uh, they gave me a very high blessing to use it. And I, I told them plans of what my race was, race was. So, so I had that in the works and I hadn't told anybody, but it's been like, we're, I'm really working hard on it. And I'm like, well, what we could do is take people on a, and I want, you know, like I'm thinking, I'm not going to sell people a t-shirt and a medal. Cause if you just say you're having a virtual race, like to me, it doesn't feel like an experience. Like I like the art of, you know, creating a great experience of a race. Like I visualize what I want everything to happen and I want everybody to have fun and I want community to connect and volunteers to be happy. And I'm going, you know, okay, I have a virtual race. They, they just give their time and then they get a t-shirt and a medal. It seems, you know, kind of bland. So I thought that I would take them on a virtual run of the Midwest States 100. So I ended up launching and say, announcing that I'm having that race next year. And so I'm going to go on course and I got a secret door on my website and I'm going to go on course and I'm going to film around the Midwest States 100. So only the people that are signed up for the race are going to get to hear and see some of the planning of this race, which we're still very new into the planning. We have a course mapped out on a map, but our feet haven't been on every step of that trail. So I don't know if that for sure is our course. Uh, it could change. And we, you know, there might be sections I, we decide we don't like. There might be sections we decide we want people to see because there's other little trails that go off, but it's on the Ice Age Trail, a lot of it, which is an iconic trail in the Midwest um, in Wisconsin. So yeah, I got the mid, I launched that only a couple days ago. It was a lot of work to get ready, get artwork ready and figure out how to, I, I ended up using, um, I didn't use ultra sign up cause they didn't have, I felt like a virtual race was different than ultra sign up, but ultra sign up has been very good to me. But, uh, I used race roster cause you could print out a badge when you got done and it seemed a little bit easier but it was really hard for me to set it up because I'd never used race roster. And when you knew you do something different, but we got over 200 people signed up and uh, people are excited about, it. we got a really cool shirt uh, that says trail running is essential on the front. And we got a bear on the back with a really funny saying on the inside of it that in it. So it talks about our virtual experience. Like remember that summer when they told us that we couldn't race together? Well, here we are, we're race or we're not racing together, but are we? And uh, <laughs> so, you know, so it'll be, you know, so we're going to, you know, hopefully we've looked back at this and, you know, this t-shirt will be like, yeah, this is when I inspired myself to do a hundred miles in 10 days. We did it by ourselves. It's a different challenge. People can get creative. So uh, yeah. So I started out very against or not against, but not excited about virtual races, but I ended up, you know, working through it in my mind. And I feel really excited about what we're doing. And I, I actually, yesterday, I spent some time working on other, I'm, I've got, I'm going to have a, like a three-part series of that, because everybody seems to be so excited about having that challenge. In fact, I'm doing it, which I normally don't get to do my race. I'm going to do the 100K. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to do it on the actual course. And um yeah, so then I'm going to have, you know, a summer series. I do got summer races coming up, but we'll see uh, what happens with those. I 
I, I listened to your podcast and I did the same thing as you right away is even though Hennepin was so far off, I shut down taking money because I just didn't know what was going to happen. So I've had a lot of emails of people going, oh, there's a lottery. What are you going to draw for the lottery? And it's like, no, it's not a lottery. I'm just not taking money because I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I never thought this would happen. (laughs) No, for sure. Um, You know, and, you know, to the point, virtual races, like when this all went down, um, you know, and and we were under such tough restrictions and, and, you know, they're starting to let up now, at least here in North Carolina, where, we're getting a little bit reprieve and, and able to open up certain businesses and, and state parks are starting to open up again, but um, you know, still under, um, under restrictions, but um, you know, uh, I, I put on an, another series and I don't want to throw them under the bus. So, um, but they were asking us, um, you know, there's a, a kind of a, a national group that, that, you know, is the, the forefront of it. And they were asking us to put it on virtually. Um, and, you know, given the, the, we'll say the age population <laughs> of, of who this was, I was not comfortable with, you know, encouraging, um, these people to go outside and, and run. And, you know, like, I, I just, I didn't feel like it was the right thing to do, you know, like, and I know like, you know, other race directors were creating these, um, virtual runs and, and trying to, you know, create sustenance and, and put food on the table, which, I respect and, and, and raise money as well, which I respect that as well. You know, it was my personal decision. Um, I, I don't hold, you know, them in, in any regard. I don't think that was the wrong thing to do for them. Um, but for, you know, for us, like my decision was based on, you know, I don't want to be liable for putting somebody at risk. Um, yeah. That's, that's where, you know, it, same thing with Hellbender, you know, like it ended up being, I don't want to put people at risk for my store. You know, like I shut it down. I shut it down in March. I don't want to put people at risk. Um, and as these restrictions are lifted, um, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, we can do something, you know, um, I talked about that, you know, possible virtual race with like, um, the coaching on the podcast, you know, yeah. just did, um, you know, something different, something that gives a little more value than just a medal and a shirt. You know what I mean? Like, um, and, you know, I kind of like the idea of having like a set course, like you were talking about for the Midwest 100, um, where people could go to that, you know, and, and do a course um, without, you know, um, without the actual race itself that, you know, give a window where they could go do it. I think that's, that's fantastic, um, you know, and, and potentially, you know, some of my events, as long as the, the forests are open, you know, that's, that's the big question. You know, we, we, our, our national forests are still closed. Um, you know, a lot of them, a lot of the trails are still closed. I, I, one that's three miles up the road and is barricaded, (laughs) um, you know, and taped off with, you know, don't come in here. And I still see people driving up there and I'm like, uh, you know, (laughs) let's let's be a little more responsible than that. You know, let's find places that are open. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I I see what, what Liza is doing and I'm like, dear God, like, you know, like the, you know, the thousand K, um, how many people have signed up for that? I'm just like, wow, it's, you know. Um, I hope he can come through. That's, that's my only thing is that with that many people, like I, you know, I really hope he can come through for all those runners, you know, of whatever he's promising. Cause that's, that's a whole lot of people that are signed up for that. So, um, you know, it's, I mean, some people are doing okay with it, you know, and it's, yeah. that's, but, um, it's, it's, it's interesting, uh, to, to think about, um, you know, or, or like, is it, is it the right thing to do or, um, are we encouraging the wrong thing, but you know, it's, it's not yeah. for, 
for the, my Earth Day race, the one where I put a free uh, one up, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, well, we, you know, and I talked to my crew around me. I'm like, well, we got to make sure that we're socially responsible. So, like, we had awards for, you know, fastest on a treadmill. Like, we were trying, we were telling people, you know, do this out by your home, you know, like, do this, you know, within your neighborhood. Uh, it is, I mean, I, and I, I live in Illinois. I'm just south of the border of Wisconsin, so I'm kind of right in between. Illinois is still pretty strict. We, ha- we have the fourth most cases in the country, uh, but Wisconsin's lifting a little bit, so it's kind of two different situations there. I'm pretty close to Chicago, too, which is probably where a lot of it is. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I do think that there's responsible ways to be outside, but but for sure we need to be, you know, as race directors, we should not be. I, and I'm and for Midwest States 100, I'm not telling people they need to do it on that course. I mean, I'll be on that course, but nobody's going to know when I'm on there. I will share the video, but I don't want to encourage anybody to come be there. And uh, uh, so you can do that on a treadmill and we'll make up, fun, you know, or on your local trails if that's safe to, to get on. Uh, you know, I, the trail right by my, in front of my shop is open and I feel pretty safe. I don't get close to anybody. You know, people are staying their distance. Sadly, they're a little, I feel like they're not as friendly or maybe it's just because everybody doesn't look as friendly now (laughs) 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 and afraid to say hi to each other. But yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm right there with you with being responsible. And yeah, Uh, I mean, I think, I think part of it is that, you know, like nobody's really stepped up to say like, you know, this is a good idea or this is a bad idea. You know, like, I mean, we don't really have a governing body that that could, you know, like the closest thing I saw was the RRCA, you know, they, they put out and they said virtual races are a bad idea right now. Um, like they did make a statement, you know, and that that's the road running club of America, but. Okay. Yeah. I know them. I didn't know that they put that statement out. I missed that. I mean, like, it it was like, like, I think they said, you know, their, their prediction was like through July, we should not be hosting um, virtual events, which when I saw that and and was trying to make the decision on the the other little series that I was doing, um, you know, I said, well, you know, if if they're saying that, you know, like, it kind of confirms what I'm already feeling. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's an individual decision, uh, ultimately, because there is no, there's no guideline, you know, like, um, the CDC is not saying these are bad ideas, you know? So, um, it, you know, it, it kind of leaves it to the the person, the director to decide. So, like I said, I pass no judgment on anybody that's doing it. it. It was my personal decision that, you know, wasn't, wasn't the right time for that. Um, you know, and, and hopefully down the road, I can, you know, create something that potentially could be, um, if, if the timing's right is, you know, if I feel comfortable doing it, but um, yeah, it's, um, it, I mean, on the other side of it, like, um, you know, I, I've got athletes too, um, that I'm coaching and, you know, I want to make sure that they feel challenged, um, you know, and, and feel like they have purpose. Um, and so, you know, I want to, I like, you know, I, I talk to, I talked to them each Wednesday night. So we're recording here on Thursday. So last night we had a, a Facebook live, you know, and we talked about like what they could be doing or what they're looking forward to doing. And, um, you know, it's it, like, it can be as simple as, uh, you know, trying to run a, a fast 5k. Uh, yeah. You planning out like, uh, their own hundred miler, you know? So it's, uh, it, it, it is, it's, it's an interesting time, you know, like I, I say that I don't want to do virtual events, but, um, you know, 
individually, I feel if I have, you know, individuals that are doing something independently, um, you know, um, without encouraging large numbers, you know, so, um, but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, hopefully our, our, our guidelines move, we're going to, we're planning on doing something, um, kind of around my neighborhood, um, if the, the guidelines allow, because uh, we're we're missing out on a, a big local race here in June, and a number of my athletes were training for that. So we're going to kind of do a, a timed race for you know a, a small pocket of my athletes. So yeah, um, yeah, but just around the neighborhood and keep it fun. So, um, but I mean, it it is. It's time to be creative. You know, um, and I like the the Midwest idea. I saw it and I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had book club last night and. Uh, with Annie, we're reading Annie's book and they talk, and we actually were on the chapter where we're talking about that. And she was talking about how hard it is and (laughs) like, it was horrible. And everybody's like, yeah, when do I sign up? (laughs) 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 But it's, it's a gorgeous section, but yeah, it will be more difficult than some of the other Midwest ones around here. But there is a, there is a section of it that we're thinking about using uh, it's called the Pine Line Trail. That's really pretty, and we call that Fast and Furious. It's a, it's like a rails to trail sort of thing. Uh, I'm not totally sure if we're going to use it. We'll, we'll decide. I'm, you know, I, I kind of would like it to not have any of that, but it's really beautiful, and uh, it would be a good connection to a good starting part where a town is too. Uh, so yeah, yeah, we got some stuff. To, I mean, we got so, all summer to to work on that responsibly. <laughs> uh, well, talk about like when you, uh, when you're coming up with these new courses, um, you know, uh, you talked about the the different things that you want to make sure are involved in the event, but like when you look at the course, what, um, what are you looking for when you're, when you're making the course, what are some important aspects of the course for you to feel like this is the, this is the right distance. This is the right um, uh, route. Um, you know, like what, what are some, some of the things you look for? Well, I mean, every race that I've ever put on has come from something that I wanted to do. So like my Earth Day trail race, I started, that was my very first race I put on. And I was, it was the trails that I ran on and I would hardly see anybody out there. In Illinois, a lot of times I was the only woman from Illinois at a race. I didn't really have other friends doing ultras. And I wanted people to know about it because I'm like, you know, I'm just not like, I'm just a normal person. And this is really exciting. Like I got to go do Havelina 100 and run in the desert and hear coyotes. And like, I want people to know how to do this and to, to be, to feel comfortable getting there. So I made Earth Day as a very comfortable, uh, you know, it's a five mile loop and it's, I mean, you know, if you're really fit and you and you tell somebody it's a pretty easy loop and then you get somebody go out there and go, that was not easy at all. So, but it is kind of an easy trail loop right now for me. I think I think it was pretty hard, uh, but it's, you know, it's a good introduction. It's not overly hard. So so that race was, uh, you know, like help new people find out about a trail, do a 50K. You know, we had Ultra Virgin Awards and stuff like that. And then I'm like, well, we run through the winter and and I like running on these trails in the winter. So I put on the frozen gnome. And then for my, when I raced a lot, really, I just wanted to do fast hundreds. I never really was never pulled it off. Like I was, 
you know, my best times are usually were training runs. Uh, I wasn't even tapered to them. I was good at like 50 mile and 100K, but I really wanted to be good at a fast 100 miler. But the, like there was a, what is it called? Uh, Iron Horse in Florida. And it, and for me coming from the Midwest and going down there and trying to do that in February and training all winter here, the humidity, you know, it just didn't work. It was a great, you know, flat and fast course, but it didn't work for me. So I actually started looking for Hennepin, you know, I started looking for a flat and fast course and that was here in our conditions in fall. And I, I, you know, another thing that I do is I'm really involved in helping trails. So I was involved with um, the Crystal Lake Park District and I like the, and I met um, people from the director of Trails for Illinois and I asked them, hey, where would be a great trail that I could help out that's flat and fast? And he told me about the Hennepin Canal Trail. And so I, that we actually did kind of as a fundraiser. Right at first, I mean, I donate for every one of my races, but that one was really to help that trail out. And I found, I just fell in love with that trail. Uh, It's flat. I mean, it is flat as can be. It's 700 feet of change the whole course. It's actually downhill the first 50 miles. You can't tell, but it's a slight downhill. And then it's, you know, along the canal, lots of old bridges. But, you know, like I, I haven't got to run it. I would love to run that race, but I built what I wished was there and it wasn't there. And uh, so then from that, I, one of my favorite races ever was fans 12 hour race. I feel like that was the best race I ever ran. I, I wanted to do 65 miles. I did 63. And so I felt really happy with that. I was real smart and I just liked, I liked timed events because the clock keeps running. So like, like if you do a 50 mile race, you're like, oh, I'm just going to walk. You know, I've got all this time and I'm done. But you do a 12 hour race and you set a goal. You want to get to 65 miles like that clock doesn't stop. So you have to, you know, stay, you know, stay smart and not give up the entire time. And so I really like timed events. So then my Galena Sky is a timed event. So that's just kind of how like every, like every, I'm like, now I need this. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so, and then like the Midwest States, I'm like, Hey, you know, we don't have one. So all of those, you know, that's just what happened. And then kettle, I took over and it's kind of kettle. Like also was always my favorite race. It's actually the same weekend as fans. And so I would sometimes go to kettle, sometimes the fans, and everybody kind of like Ice Age better. Like that was the more popular race around here, maybe because it's 50 miles. So a little everybody else. But I actually really love the Kettle 100K course um, more than the 100 mile course. I always said my, the 100K is going to sell out because I love the 100K so much. I think that's a distance that we should be racing more often. It's um, and like, I, you know, I like run. I like a course you can run. And the 100K, the 50K out and the 50K back is just a super runnable trail. And like, if you manage it right, you got to go through the meadows and it's just got a lot of really cool stuff. So um, like I like the meadows, everybody hates. And I am always like, yeah, I'm going to nail it. I'm going to like run smart and I'm not going to die the second time through the meadows. And, you know, so the, just the challenges of it, um, I really like them. You know, that's how my courses come you know it's just something that i want to do in a challenge that that i want so <laughs> that's great because i mean if it's something that you're passionate about and and really you know want to see happen 
yeah, that's, that's the way it does. You know, it, it's, um, sometimes, you know, we have these, uh, we, these races and it just feels like we're going through the motion, uh, cause you, you don't feel like an emotional attachment to it. So, um, you know, I, I, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, I never started this as a business at all. Like the Earth Day race, um, all I wanted to do is just give any money away that that came. It's a lot of work. Yeah, and yeah. eventually I started not giving everything. Everybody would tease me that I would give everything away. Like, oh, you walked up to my table. Here, have a T-shirt. Here, have this. And, you know, because I just was like, was super, well, like I said earlier, I, I have pretty high anxiety. But if I'm like, in charge and taking care of stuff it like making sure everybody feels good makes me less anxiety. And, uh, but then, you know, like as you got to, well, Hennepin really was when, Oh, you know what? I'm actually not losing money and I'm working two basically full-time jobs. I actually just last year quit, um, went full-time to this and I really should have done it earlier. I wasn't doing, any justice to either side. Cause as a sales rep, um, they probably got the most attention because I was answering to somebody else. But then for my races, you know, like I would work all day as a sales rep. It's a very, very hard job. And then I'd get back to my hotel room at like nine o'clock at night. And I would have, I would be like making stuff on this to print that I had to print out off of my phone and, you know, getting ready for the races and, doing emails off of my phone. And uh, it was just, I was stretched super thin. It, race directing should be a full-time job. I mean, if you want a really great race, you need somebody that's putting a lot of energy into it. Absolutely. Um, when uh, Carl Messler came and ran Hellbender, um, you know, he said, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to direct a race like this, you got to make it your, your focus, your primary focus. You can't like do a billion events, you know? And, um, I had event that was, um, well, the, you know, I think, uh, year two, I had a race December 31st. And then I had a race January 20th, February 2nd, March 5th, and then hellbender. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was doing that running the shop coaching, so it was, uh, you know, it was, it was too much. So this year I gave up the the March race and the December 31st race. You know, people were like, ah, you know, I wish you were doing those. And I was like, yeah, it's something I had to give, you know, um, cause you know, you want to put your focus, um, into, you know, the, the, the ones that you know, obviously that mean a lot to you. Um, it, like hellbender is, is unique because it's, um, it's everybody's a volunteer. You know, we, uh, we're all volunteers for that race. Um, but I mean, it's such a passion project that, you know, it, it's kind of like my way of giving back, um, to, you know, to the community, um, and, and getting the community together to do something, you know, like hellbender. Uh, it's like, that's, that's, that's the reward for me. Um, you know, I, I love, I love hellbender and we talked about Eastern States earlier. Uh, Dave actually came and ran hellbender and, yeah. uh, and we, uh, we had a, a Facebook battle, uh, cause I started teasing them. Somebody had posted like, what's the toughest East coast race. And it was a uh, cruel jewel hellbender and Eastern States. And, uh, you know, um, Dave made some comment, uh, and I was like, Oh dude, like, uh, you know, I seem to have a, an Eastern States buckle, but, uh, I, I, do you have a hellbender buckle? Cause it's DNA. <laughs> and, uh, and then he like messaged me offline. It was like, let's have a, a gift battle. And, uh, we just started making fun of each other's races. And, yeah. Uh, we, 
and oh man, it was it was so funny. And we're like you know messing each other back and forth, like oh that was a good one, <laughs> you know. At the end, we're like we, you know let everybody know we were joking, but uh, it was it was fun. We had a, uh, but yeah, I mean the, like it's cool. Like I mean I love the fact that you're also um, you volunteer because you were coming here to Hellbender to volunteer, and you're you're still hopefully going to be able to come. Um, but uh, you you go out to Western states. I mean you're all over the place in volunteering. Um, uh, you know, talk about that a little bit. Cause that's so awesome. I love the fact that you do that. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I love volunteering. It's a more real, you know, well, race day is fantastic and your adrenaline's going and taking care of people, but you're, I mean, you're working really hard. Like I, I know at the end of Hennepin last year, I got in my car, like we, I cleaned up and got in my car and like fell asleep at the finish line. And then I wake up and everybody's like gone. <laughs> and, you know, so, so like you're working really hard at your own races. So maybe you don't get to experience stuff because you're making sure everything's happening. It's a great experience. It's, I like that. But then when I volunteer, uh, you know, then I, you know, it's, I'm only taking care of one aid station and I'm just, I'm on the trail and I'm outside and I'm feeding runners and I'm helping them, you know, reach something that they've been working towards for a long time. And that like, that's what I want to do if I have free time. Like that's just a fun time. You know, that's just great. I, it's, yeah. um, and you know, I, Hennepin, my first year was funny. We had, I think it was 190 volunteers and we only had 120 runners, <laughs> but we really, and everybody was overworked. Like nobody, like it, you know, people work, you know, cause we have, it's, it's point to point. So there's 20 aid station stops, a couple of, there's an out and back section. And so a couple aid stations you do see twice, but the aid stations are open for like 18 hours. And, you know, like you come with your team and it's just your team. And how many, you know, like I've got my friends, like five of us, you know, and, or less. And so you're just working the whole time, but it's not work. It's, it's great. So yeah, I like going to different races. I usually do Crimea River every year, which is um, in Peoria area. That's super fun. I've done it from the first year. My daughter, uh, has went there to help me. My kids like to help too. My son helps me a lot, Adam. I was looking so forward to Hellbender and I, and I am coming. Uh, there's a guy named Ed Mayhew. He's going to come with me. And Ed was one of my first volunteers for Hennepin because Hennepin is a few hours away from me. And I found this trail and Actually, at first, I was like, oh, we should just start one place and then go out and then come back and then go out and come back. But then I like did the whole trail and I'm like, but I love this community and I love this part. I'm like, oh, we'll just make it point to point. How hard can that be? <laughs> but then, <laughs> and so, so then I'm like, I know nobody in this area. It's two hours from my house. Like, I need to like start like meeting people. And so I would just like go, oh, we're having a town meeting. Everybody come and meet me. And and so I met this guy, Ed, and he's like in his 60s. He's retired. He biked on the canal, not a runner at all. And he's like, well, do you guys sleep? Like, what happens? You know, and he's asking these questions. He's like, well, put me down for a couple hours shift. I can work. And uh, now he goes to races all around the country. He uh, helps awesome. me like crazy. He, he went to the gym. He lost 30 pounds. Like, he's so inspired. 
We have a selfie contest. Uh, everybody takes a picture because he works all day at the race. First, he like does a road cross. He does two road crossings in like the first 25 miles. And uh, he's really tough too, man. Nobody, no car is getting by him. He's like, no, you, you stop. And, and, but then the, all the runners like are hugging him and taking and pictures. So it like changed his life. And uh, so he's coming with me to help. And right now that's my whole team that's coming for sure. Uh, but I'm fully confident that we could handle any amount of runners. Uh, but I'm going to try to get some other people, but it's all yeah. good. We have, you know, we have, we have such a good community and uh, the bakers that do the uh, Georgia jewel, you know, yeah. they're, they're, um, they're going to hopefully help out as well. Um, I'm going to try to reciprocate. Um, and, you know, like uh, really, I want to, I want to come up and, and help. Um, yeah. I, like, obviously I was signed up for, for kettle and for, um, for Hennepin. So I'm, I'm hoping to still come for, for Hennepin and then just come up and help you for, um, for kettle. Um, okay. Yeah. That'd be can, great. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll bring the the crew with me and, uh, they're, they're aid station experienced, obviously. So, um, we, we can definitely help, uh, you know, aid station or wherever you need us. Okay. Um, well, thank you. You want to reciprocate as well. And, you know, it's, um, I think it's a valuable lesson for, for, you know, every runner, you know, not, not just my kids <laughs> but for to, uh, to see the other side of it. You know, um, I had people that came out to one of my 50 K's and, uh, you know, like, um, it, we had to, um, break down some stuff, uh, at the starting area and move up to the finish and then kind of get some stuff up for the, you know, the finish area. And they're like, Oh my God, I didn't realize like this much goes into, you know, putting on an event. Um, it, it really is like, you know, it's, it's production, you know, and, uh, you know, it's like to orchestrate it, you know, it's, it's great to have the help. Um, and, but it's also great that people learn like what goes into these events. You know, I think sometimes we just see it and, um, you know, people like, they're like, you know, they think your shirts get donated and, and all this stuff. Like, you know, it's, um, uh, you know, I, 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 I will, you know, sometimes I wish I could just like publish my, my, uh, line budget and like what I actually spent, you know, like, <laughs> just say like, here's your money. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, I mean, uh, it's, you know, I never, I never get to that point, but, um, you know, it, it was close this year because of, uh, we had a postponement before, uh, you know, COVID, we had a weather postponement. Um, I had a, a, a postponement date of the following weekend. Um, I was literally, uh, some people have heard this story already, but I was, I was literally setting up the course and it snowed four inches. And um, I, I got back to my car and the ranger called me and it was like, we can't do this tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> the whole course. And he's like, you got to take the flags down. And I was just like, can I come back Sunday? <laughs> you know, like I just parked 25K. I'm like, can I come back Sunday and, and grab those flags? And and then, you know, so, and like, I, I get it. Like, you know, some people travel and stuff like that. And, you know, they were already there, but like, you were at the mercy of the forest service. Like I was ready to go. Like I had food, everything, everything was ready to go. You know, and now I'm, I have to postpone, which, you know, a, a week and I get it. Some people can't come back, but I mean, like, it's, you know, we're both at a, uh, you know, at an impasse because I mean, like, what, what, do, what do you do? Like both sides are kind of stuck, you know? So um, I, I think COVID, if anything has kind of like lessened that, I think people get it a little bit more now that, you know, things are sometimes beyond our control and, you know, hopefully it creates a different mentality if these things kind of come up and which it seems to happen more and more frequently now that, you know, we're, we're dealing with so much, especially rules changing within the forests, you know, the, you know, different rangers coming in and out, it, it like a lot depends on the ranger. 
like whether they're going to cooperate with us or they're not, you know, like yeah. it's, that's the difficult part. Uh, like one of our entities, the Blue Ridge Parkway, we went through four Rangers last year that worked with our permit and every time they lost our permit. <laughs> like, oh, wow. We had to like, totally, you know, thank God we had the, the hard copies and just like, you know, had to like, you know, here it is. <laughs> like, you know, I, we already have the approval, you know, I just, you know, you know, let me know if you have any questions, but uh, yeah, so it's, it's difficult, you know, I, like I, I'm sure with Hennepin point to point, how many entities do you deal with for that rate? I, I just, the Hennepin Canal Trail is it. I'm oh, okay. super lucky. And, and actually, and, oh, I found it's, it's DNR and I found they're like, oh, don't worry about it, Michelle. We'll get you the permit. And, you know, you're, and it's like getting close to closer to the race and you're like, well, Sweating. man, I don't have it. And they're like, oh, don't worry about it. And, you know, I, I, that's just how they are. But I actually already have it for Hennepin this year. Cause this year I'm like, I am not putting, and they want me there. Cause you know, it's really good for the community. And I'm like, I really need it before I put, you know, registration up. Cause I just don't feel comfortable. Like it's always a little bit of a stress for me. Well, and I, so I have it, but it could be, ta- it means nothing. Cause they could take it away. <laughs> right. right. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like we have, I mean, Hellbender itself has, it's two separate counties um, that we deal with for emergency services. Um, and then uh, we have the, um, the state forest. Cause we go through Mount Mitchell state park. Um, we have the Blue Ridge parkway, uh, which is the national park service. We have the national forest service. And we also have the North Carolina DOT because we cross or, and use sections of road. Um, so, the, the problem becomes is that the, the one entity won't permit until they have the permit from the other entity. So, you know, it, like, I, like when we were first doing this, we're like, all right, guys, something's got to give <laughs> like, like one of you has to give us the permit so that the other entity can give us the permit, you know? Yeah. So, it, I mean, just kind of, um, I have a liaison, thankfully. Um, I, I, I have a retired gentleman that helps me out with the, the permitting for that. And he's wonderful. Um, thank you, Bart Smith. <laughs> he uh, he does all of that and, and talks to the entities, keeps them informed. And if, if they have questions, then, you know, that's when I step in. But uh, he's, you know, very consistent. And that's, that's, I think, what the important thing is. We're consistent. We ask ahead of time. Um, I, I think a lot of people sometimes they, they do and then ask forgiveness later. I've, I've seen that a few too many times. And then that makes it harder on everybody. You know, like, uh, you know, we dealt with a, somebody that, you know, just thought they could do this and then ask forgiveness later. I'm like, I'm coming to you ahead of time. So yeah, you know, for, for, for those out there that are thinking of, of getting into this crazy business, you know, ask ahead of time, uh, you know, like it makes it a whole lot easier, not only on you, but on everybody else. <laughs> like that's a, um, you know, I, 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 I see so many of these, uh, uh, events that like pop up and, you know, they're, they're doing things and I'm like, Oh no, like, you know, I like, and then I hear it from the ranger, you know, this so-and-so did this and I'm like, ah, it's not me, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's hard. Um, cause you know, it's, we all reflect, you know, on our, on our user group. Um, so well, the trails I, I, need a lot of help too. And, mm-hmm. and all these people like, you know, the DNR, you know, they're underfunded and they're overworked. They're taking a motor out of this truck to put into that truck because they need a different job done. Yeah. And, and we're cause, you know, we don't want to be causing any more work for them at all. And so if they see us as, you know, I consider them my biggest sponsor, that's my partnership. Like it's super, you know, like I don't own the forest. I don't own the trail and I should leave it 
better than it was when I started. And, you know, and so I think that is um, a big lesson that most that race directors all need to, to know. And yeah, I I have a lot of, um, you know, um, I I work with a specific uh, group here, the Carolina mountain club, and they maintain the mountains to sea trail here as well as the Appalachian trail. And um, the, um, the group, um, you know, they, they ask for maintainers, section maintainers. Um, so like I've, I've volunteered for, um, a section of the mountains to see, and then, um, under their guys, um, we do a lot of work on the hellbender course. Um, so we use their, um, volunteer permit to do a lot of work on, on hellbender. Uh, cause we, um, we took on two trails cause they were going to be decommissioned. Um, so we adopted those so that they would keep open and, um, you know, and then from there it's, um, well, do you think you guys could take on? <laughs> so yeah. we, we, I now have a, I have a small pocket of national forest about two miles from my house. Uh, and then, um, the club that I formed that, uh, helps us put on the, uh, um, the hellbender, um, we adopted two more, um, their, uh, foot traffic only trails in another, um, section of the, the national forest. So, um, I, I'm really glad so that, you know, we are, we're engaging and getting involved and we're starting to be seen as a user group because every time you hear the, the rangers speak or, you know, another entity, it's usually hikers, bikers, and horseback riders. Yeah. You know, like, like we're starting to get recognized as trail runners are a group. Um, they're doing work. Uh, we're working hand in hand with, uh, our, our local, um, Sorba chapter uh, or mountain bikers, um, on a number of projects and stuff like that. Um, so like, I think that's the other thing that I, I like encouraging people to do is, is get out there and volunteer on the trails and create those opportunities. Our local trail sisters chapter is um, I, th- I think it's like the largest chapter in the country. Um, and they've teamed with us on a lot of trail work projects, which has been awesome because we're getting, you know, other people out there and engaged and realizing that it's not just the forest service that's maintaining these trails. They, you know, they just can't do it. It's, you know, it's, it's runners, you know, and hikers and horseback riders and uh, mountain bikers, you know, like I, I, I definitely see the mountain bikers doing the most, um, around here. Um, you know, and, and I wanted to, to change that. And so that's, that's one of my big passions is, is, um, is putting that out there, creating work days and, um, getting people to, to get engaged. Um, and not only just on the trails, but in volunteering in, in general, like my 50 K, um, in January, I had a, a volunteer requirement and people, they said, you know, like, well, I don't have any trails. And I, like I put explicitly on there, volunteer wherever it could be at a church it could be at a food bank you could pick up trash like it's just you know change your community like that's that was the message i was trying to send and like i think we get caught up in the mindset that we have to do trail maintenance or we have to volunteer at a race but you know even if we just engage in our communities i think that's the you know that's the the wonderful thing and and i had such such great messages and feedback from people that were saying i didn't realize there was such a need and it felt so good um, so, I mean, you know, I, I hope, you know, we, we start to see a little bit more of that, um, you know, from, from our races and stuff like that, uh, you know, not, not only just like asking them for trail work, but just, you know, engaging whatever it's four hours or whatever. I mean, like some people are like, well, I don't have time to go. And I'm like, well, you know, if you're going out and run, you, you know, could you pick up some trash? And like, oh yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's these, you know, some, some simple things that just make our environment like so much better. Um, but do you encourage any volunteering through yours? I haven't made it a requirement. I, I think there's a little part of me that's insecure, even though 
I pretty much all my races were sold out for the entire year this year. I was like, oh, if I like ask people to do something, then nobody's going to sign up and then I'm going to have this race and nobody's going to be there, uh, which I just need to get over. <laughs> I need to not be that way. But uh, I really like I, I, I'm involved with the Ice Age Trail Alliance. I, we actually had uh, the director on our podcast a while back and we, I talked to him a little bit about it and, you know, and he was encouraging me that, that we should do that. And I, I would like to add that for sure to kettle. Cause I mean, we sold out probably it said 44 minutes, but I'm pretty sure it was sold out in about 10. Cause I had people that were on there when it opened and they didn't, by the time they signed up, they were on the waiting list. So I, I think it just took a little bit for it to catch up. So uh, because of that, I, you know, I, you know, I, I, I mean, I believe in, in doing that. It's just kind of a, how do I manage it? Like, how do I, you know, you know, what do I do? Uh, and then like for Midwest States 100, we are talking to Ice Age Trail Alliance on that too, because part of that's on the Ice Age Trail and it's part of it's, you know, like hard to tell it's a trail and it's going to need work. Uh, and it's not a heavily populated area. It's really pretty, and it's not that close to me, but I, I want, you know, I feel like that's going to be a pet project for me is to, uh, try to, you know, over the years, see that trail get better. Like Hennepin has gotten better over the years. It, it's a rough, it's in rough shape for a trail. The state of Illinois doesn't put money towards it, but because of us being there, every hotel around is sold out. It's really good for the economy. Uh, the state of Illinois is like, they know everybody's coming there. They're, they, you know, they can't ignore it. So like there was this one bridge that you go under that used to flood all the time and they had money to fix it. And they finally fixed it because they didn't want to be embarrassed by everybody going there. Actually, that's a really funny story because nobody actually saw it flooded because the towns are so proud of that trail and that race that the fire chief in Kelowna, I was like, I was thinking everybody's going to have to run through water this year, like two miles from the finish line, like go through water, which stuck. But the fire chief of Kelowna went out and sucked the water out of <laughs> yeah, some kind of hose. And like the first guy came through and I go, oh, did your feet get wet? Because I was worried about everybody having to run through that. Because it's not a course that you think you're going to have to run through water. And they're like, no, there was no water on course. And then uh, the fire chief's like, oh, no, I went and I had this machine and we sucked all the water out. And it couldn't have been easy. But now it doesn't do that because, you know, the state put the money into it and took care of it. So when you do a race, it, you know, that's one thing that you can do that um, is you know, be loud about it. And that helps the state put the right amount of money in there. Uh, but they, you know, like the state has plenty of stuff to take care of. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I have a lot of respect for, you know, what all those guys are doing. And I mean, I'm on a park board here. I'm elected official. So like, I never want to judge a politician because I know what information I'm being given and the choices I'm making and a lot of times what goes out in the news doesn't seem, seem like you're making a good choice. I mean, we're a part, we're a fun government, so maybe we don't get it, but I do understand that what it looks different sometimes, but for, um, Midwest States 100, I really would like to, to, you know, to 
have people notice that part of the trail, you know, start clearing it out, having it look just a little better every year. They can see the improvement. Like every year you go to Hennepin, like they, like there was this bridge that, uh, you know, it was built in the late 1800s. We were able to donate money to have it partially refurbished. And so that's something that we've seen get better. Uh, You know, they've, you know, fixed sections of the trail I'm very adamant that it stays dirt, anything that they fix. Like every meeting I'm ever at down there, I'm like, don't, no, no concrete, no pavement. We hate pavement. (laughs) They're like, and actually they don't want to even put any pavement down because that used to be a quick fix that they would do on the canal uh, because it was the cheapest way, but it doesn't make sense because it's by water. So it freezes and then it, and, and it actually breaks it up. So they are fixing everything with dirt, but yeah, so up, you know, so like I like to see the trails continu- continually get better, and there's lots of different ways that you can get involved in in that, and um, you should get involved with, you know, every race I put on. Like, so I put on races in Crystal Lake. I'm on the Crystal Lake Park Board. Um, you know, the Hennepin Canal. I'm actually the president of the Hennepin Canal. Uh, nonprofit, a 25-year-old, Friends of the Hennepin, it's a 25-year-old nonprofit. I, uh, and there was a guy that started that. He want, he's been doing it the whole time. He's one of my favorite people in the world, uh, Gary Wagel, so smart. I've learned so much from him. And he wanted to retire, but nobody wanted that job. And he found me at the sucker, like, yeah, let's change the world. <laughs> and uh, so... Um, I said that I, you know, I knew he needed to retire. He's like, he's older and he just wants, you know, he works really hard still. And so, you know, so I'm involved there. So that, and then, um, you know, so now the ice age trail, I'm trying to figure out how to get involved there because I've got a few races on that and, um, getting to know the people. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's a really fun part of the job as being a race director is, is change, you know, like, I think that the most important thing in me in the world is great trails. Um, yeah, so we were just talking about, you know, trails and uh, and g- getting people to volunteer and I guess by example. But, uh, you know, like, I think I think that it's uh, I always say volunteering is a little bit selfish because I feel a lot better when I do that. Like, I like I selfishly volunteer because it makes me feel good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Wonderful. Yeah. And I don't make it mandatory. Um, You're not going to lose your spot in my race. If, if you don't, Um, it's encouraged to, to do it. Um, You know, I, I, like, I, I just, I think it's more awareness, you know, just like I said earlier with that story is like, people just aren't aware of just how much need, you know, places have um, and how many, you know, uh, organizations work off of a volunteer basis and just don't have enough help. Um, so it's, you know, yeah, like that's, that's all it is. It's more encouragement than like a mandatory, you know, I knew yeah. I knew a lot of races that like, if you don't submit, then you lose your spot. Um, but that's not, you know, I'm, that's, I'm not, not trying to, <laughs> not trying to be that guy. Um, but you know, it's, um, I think, uh, you know, in Hellbender, like with the hundred milers, I think it's so, everybody's so accustomed to it that, you know, the hundred miles, they don't even flinch, you know, um, they, they may invite you and say, I'm, you know, I'm in the middle of winter, I'm in Canada. <laughs> like, I don't think there's gonna be any trail work to be done. And, and you're like, 
again, like I, I put him back to, you know, the, the verbiage that I put on volunteering. It's, it doesn't say anything about that. It has to be trail maintenance. So, um, you know, just be in your community and be active and just, you know, let me know what you did. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, so, you know, transitioning that to the shorter distance, I, that's where it surprises people because they're not as used to it, you know, like yeah. people that, um, you know, they're in like my 50 K they're just like, do what, <laughs> you know? So, um, it's, it's getting a, yeah, a new population used to the idea. Um, but so, um, but yeah, um, let's see what else we got. Um, we talked about, uh, our races, um, uh, my, my daughter got me in, uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a pause there. Um, and my daughter kind of took my, uh, my thought off of what I was, what I was thinking of. So, um, let's see. Um, um, oh, well, so, um, talking about your own, you, you, you know, how many hundreds have you done? Cause I was, I was, you know, like I was looking through ultra sign up and I noticed there were multiple, but how many have you done? Oh, I, I've DNF probably more than I've finished. <laughs> was, that um, one on there? was that? There was only one DNF listed. So oh, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was that lean or iron horse? Uh, I don't I remember which one I, I, it, cause like, I remember iron, iron horse 100. I went there to do the hundred miler and I ended up dropping at like mile 80 and they gave me credit for like a hundred K or 50 mile, whatever. And I like emailed them. I'm like, no, that was a DNF. I don't need a medal. Like that's ridiculous. I stopped. I was a big baby. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I was doing okay. I, I might, I felt, I thought I was injured, whatever. I, uh, it was, but it, I don't know if I was really injured or not. You never you know, like it felt like something was going to break, but maybe I was mentally not there or whatever it was. But I think I've only finished like four or five. I haven't really been, I mean, at this point, I mean, like I said, it'd be a whole psychology thing, but I haven't really, I just pretty much run on my own now. And uh, I have, I mean, I've done like I did Tidal Town, uh, which was a six hour timed event last year. I just do like little things here and there now and just pretty much run on my own. Uh, but so I haven't really thought about my hundreds lately, but it's only like four or five that I've finished. Like I said, I was always better at the hundred K and the 50 mile, but I wanted to be good at hundred, but none of them came together perfectly. Uh, any bucket list? Is there any bucket list events you'd like to do? Uh, oh, well, like I want to do some on my own stuff. I really want to do Wonderland Trail about, mm -hmm. around Mount Rainier. Uh, and I have applied for a permit for that a few times, but I it's hard to get a permit to be able to do that. And they've never drawn my name. I My husband just recently said he would go with me out because I said I was going to just do it by myself if he wouldn't go and there's bears. And I've hiked out there by myself before because I went out there with him and he actually broke his leg the day before the first vacation he had had in like five years <laughs> and he broke his leg the day before <laughs> we were going out there. So he stayed in the park a lot while I went out and <laughs> I used to shorten the hikes. And uh, so I've been out there by myself, so I, uh, but he's afraid of me being out there camping. You know, I would do it over like four days or something. And so he said he would do that. That's 
high on my bucket list. Like some just by myself stuff actually is on my bucket list. I'd, um, you know, I'd just like to do like, we just got to read in Dean Carnese's book. And, and one thing I've never done, like he did just run to the next town and just completely rely on gas stations and stuff like that. And that, and I have done a lot of long runs where I did go to gas stations, but it was just in my town. And so just some stuff by myself like that is really what's on my bucket list and trying to make time uh, for, I work really hard. It's, I am at my shop early in the morning and I, like, I was glad, I don't like leaving after dark because the parking lot's empty and nobody else is around. And I got excited about the daylight being longer because it was longer and longer. I could stay at work, <laughs> but I, I have been, I like leave at like nine 30 at night. So I like the creativity stuff I'm really um, liking to do right now. Uh, but I want to, you know, I feel like I'm trying to get stuff together so I can kind of do some of my dream stuff, like the Wonderland trail, who knows, maybe, maybe this summer if we don't have races and, they open that up enough because I heard you could get walk-on uh, permit if you go there like for a few days, uh, you know, like just show up every morning and maybe they'll they'll um, they eventually like if you go like three days, you're probably going to get a spot. I want it to be awesome, and I want the runners to have everything cool i want the best of everything for them and so like i don't even pay attention like if that shirt's 15 bucks and that's the shirt i want yep. i you know i that's what shirt i'm buying and you know like i want everybody to have a flannel we're getting a flannel and we'll just hope that there's enough money at the end to pay for everything <laughs> uh, i totally understand yeah we uh we do uh like premium shirts for the 50k um i work with uh john g um the apparel brand john G. yeah that's their, that's their stuff beautiful yeah so they, they get hoodies um and sweatshirts from john G. um and then we use you know the john G apparel for for the other races as well um but um you know it's like like you said i mean i want that to be part of the experience like you know it's it you know it kind of feels like that's you know what you should be doing right it's it's uh, um you know when we put on a race it's it's you know it's not only the um the the race itself but everything about the race you know that that we're we're trying to make an experience for for the runners and and make it um an endearing lasting memory uh, so yeah I, yeah I, it's I important that, i mean it they run i mean they've trained for a long time it's we're we're responsible for some, a very important part of their life and we should make sure that we give them the best experience possible yep yep uh, it's, I mean, it's been a huge learning curve for me. Um, you know, um, when I first started putting on, uh, the 50 K, um, I guess that was 2000, uh, God, it was 2010, 2009, uh, was when I started putting it on and man, I mean, like, you know, I, I was coming at it like, you know, I, I ran a, a 50 K and, and like, you know, I, I ran with like gels, you know, and, um, yeah, like I asked the runners, I'm like, what, you know, what do you guys want at the A stations? And they're like, PB and J's. And I'm like, really? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so, and then, you know, but I mean, it was, uh, 
it was the realization that, you know, like, I mean, not, not everybody's running fast, you know, like it, they're, they're out there for a longer period of time and need the sustenance. So I, like, I had to come to that realization. I'm, I'm just being honest. It was, um, yeah. like, I, I didn't, I didn't think about it, you know, like I, I was coming from my experience, you know, I was just like, oh yeah, that's, that's true. Like, I guess I'm an idiot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, well, luckily when we start the races though, they're fairly small. I yeah. mean, like now I wouldn't be afraid to jump. Like, you know, I took over kettle. I wasn't afraid to jump to a 800 person race, but my first race, thank goodness. I set my cap at 75 <laughs> and thank goodness. My first Hennepin only had 120 because I needed to, to gradually get there to understand how to keep that many people safe and manage it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do, what do you use for communication at uh, at Hennepin? Phones work for oh, us. Yeah, okay. but we have we do have we have great. That's one of my best supported races because the communities are along it are just so excited to see people use this trail because not that many people were using it. It it's really helped a ton, and uh, so. Like the Kelowna fire chief, he's really in touch with like Henry County search and rescue and all the different states. So they actually run on four wheelers up and down the trail and keep an eye on runners and they communicate. So we're communicating by phones, but then they have a huge team out there communicating too. So it's really, really well supported. That's awesome. Yeah, Hellbender has created like you know some unique challenges, um, especially communication. Um, you know, we were, we were, we brought in a uh, amateur ham radio group um, that has helped with communications, but like it left us because you know we don't have cell phone capability to reach with um, within the uh, the race staff um, that are out there into the you know some of the volunteer aid stations that may not have a ham radio. So um, we ended up um, this year we are renting um, satellite. Um, like satellite walkie talkies. Um, we found a, a group that, that rents them. And so, uh, kind of resolved the problem, you know, um, we were probably going to use them again. Um, you know, if, if we were allowed to have the event. So, um, it, but I mean, it's just amazing the, the unique challenges that each race presents, you know, sometimes it's, um, it's getting runners off course, you know, how do you reach those runners and, and get them, um, you know, safely off course if they're injured. Um, but I mean, like, you know, all these things, it's like, you know, like at first I didn't have like the, um, you know, the, the safety precautions and plans in place. And now it's like my medical plan just gets longer and longer. You know, my operating plan just keeps getting longer and longer as I, as I think about these little intricacies and hear other stories of other, other race directors that have, you know, gone through something and they're like, you know, here's how I dealt with it. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, what for Hellbender, when you were, you sent out directions when we were thinking that the race was still going to be in April and, you know, like, I, you know, we learned from other race directors because I was like, oh, that's a really good idea. Like, I need to get that into place. And, you know, for so, yeah, volunteering out there definitely helps, too. And and actually, I'm going to have to remember those satellite radios that uh, yeah. you mentioned yeah. because uh, I might need those. I, I haven't had to do that. Every race I have right now, our cell phones work at. And... The only one, Hennepin at the 50-mile finish line, the cell phone doesn't work right at the finish line, but you just walk like about 30 feet and then it works. Um, 
but I bet you up at mid at, on my, the Midwest Trail, it might not work there. So that'll be a new thing. I when I I volunteered at Grandmasters uh, Ultra, it's like right in Nevada, um, Utah, and Arizona corner, and they had ham radio people there. They were so nice and kept track of the runners. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, it's when I was at you know UTMB. I mean that that's like you know the uh, I mean like everything there I couldn't you know I was trying to wrap my brain around and I was just like holy how you know like just the logistics the the challenges that that race must have um, you know with safety and um, you know I like I saw a helicopter coming in to lift somebody out and I was just like holy geez like I can't yeah. imagine yeah you know, like I mean when I when I was standing at the start and seeing like all of those runners. And knowing that that's just one of the events, you know, like, I mean, they have, uh, God, how, how many different races, six, six different races that whole week. And then there's different routes, you know, like not everybody's on the same course. Like there's, yeah, there's you know, it's like, Oh my goodness. The, you know, uh, I can't imagine. Um, but, uh, I, like that's, that's one thing that we've found. They use, uh, the live trail, um, live trail.net. And okay. That system has been amazing. Um, we, you know, it. Um, they use uh, a satellite, or um, it can use cell phone, um, but they're scanners, and then that just feeds to the uh, the internet, and you can track the runners, um, and anybody can track them. You know, so um, like for instance, if if you were running Hellbender, um, you know, like, and you uh, you just give your bib number to your family, and they can go on LiveTrail.net and see you along the route as you check in at the aid stations, and then it also gives you a projection as to what time you should be into the next aid station. So my wife was using it at UTMB, so she would know when to, you know predict when I get into certain aid stations, so she can see me and not have to keep the kids standing there forever. Uh, but it's a really neat system. Um, yeah, like I love the the way technology is going. Um, because it's, it's all, these are all safety, um, features too. You know, like I know if a runner hasn't checked into that aid station and we've already expected them, you know, and we don't see them within a, you know, X amount of time, then we probably need to send, you know, somebody out to make sure that they're, they're okay. Um, but I mean, you know, like I, it's all these things that, that we try to put in place. Cause as I always tell my runners at the start, I said, you know, there's a, there's 150 you about to start. And it, I feel like you're all my kids. Like, don't make me worry. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, <laughs> don't make me worry. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's such a, um, it's, it's, it's bittersweet because you get so worried, you know, during the day, um, especially if somebody gets lost or hurt, you know, it's like, these are just those, uh, those things that, you know, we don't, we don't want to happen, but do. And then when they do, how do you react? Um, you know, so then we met and we didn't even say we met at the, uh, the trail conference last, last year in Mm -hmm. Colorado. Um, and, um, I've taken away so much from just talking to race directors there, um, and, and learning, you know, um, it, you know, it's great having like Craig, um, Thornley from Western States and, you know, some of a lot of the other race directors that have come through and, and talking to them and picking their brain. Um, and, uh, like, I sincerely enjoy it. Just, I, we, you know, we got to meet, you know, and you, you, you saying how shy you are. You're the one that came up to me and introduced yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody's always surprised. And I, that was actually a pretty rough conference for me. Cause I had just, I came from Hennepin basically finish line, uh, was a race. I was, I think I was slightly starting to get sick 
and tired and uh, I I would I would like to have went there a little more rested. I it was I was not in my best mind. I don't think um, there, but yeah, it was nice meeting you. I right away I could I I I just well I remembered you from after we after I said something about Team Innovate. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. And and then I remembered, but right at first I didn't. But right away I could just tell that. Um, I, I, I tend to, you know, I just was like, I really like him. I, he's a good person. Like I just knew that you, your heart, you know, like we're both super passionate about why we're doing this and it's just because we love this and it helps it like, it's selfish for me because I love it so much and I love everybody in the community, most everybody in the community. (laughs) (laughs) I hear you. No, it's, I feel the same. It's, um, it, you know, it's, it is a, a work of love. Um, yeah. And it, like you want to do more, obviously, you know, like you want to create and, and, and do more with them. Sometimes there's just, there's so much you can do without, you know, sacrificing the quality. And that's, that's the big thing, you know, um, cause you know, we were talking about numbers earlier and you know, Hellbender. <clears throat> I mean, we, we, t- you know, we could have 300 runners there. That's what we are permitted to, but you know, we've been growing that race slowly to make sure that, we can sustain, you know, those numbers and we don't put too many people on the trail, overburden the trail, our resources. Um, you know, we've been audited, um, both years we've had Rangers come in and, and audit us. Um, and thankfully everything was in place, you know, like, um, that's, uh, you know, that's the other thing is that if they came in and something wasn't in place, either we get fined or, you know, we lose our permit. So, um, yeah, these are things that I'm, I'm always reminding runners of is that, you know, like, please abide by the rules because it's not just that I'm asking you to do this um, because it's, you know, it's for the, the race or for our safety. It's for, you know, the future of the race as well. Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to lose a permit because somebody, you know, decided to, to ghost my race. You know, I, I had somebody cross my finish line one time and I was like, where's your bib number? He's like, oh, your race was sold out. So, you know, I just came and ran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, don't do that. Like, you know, you, you, you just, you, uh, if you got hurt, there's like so many things that could have gone wrong, you know, like it. So, oh man, I, you know, some people just don't think about that, you know, and uh, like, it, you know, it's, it's a learning experience, unfortunately, but uh, you know, it's a lot of times you're just like, oh, yeah, like, what were you thinking? <laughs> you know? But yeah. It's, it's hard sometimes. Um, but uh, anyway, um, are you going to go back this year? Uh, go back. Oh yeah, yeah. I signed up for the conference. Nice. And uh, I mean, although I haven't really looked at my calendar for sure to make sure now it doesn't <laughs> isn't like conflicting right. with something I have have to do. Yeah. Uh, and but I I do I thought we learned a lot there. I I think that we need to support American Trail Running Association because you know, if there's going to be new people coming in, we got to make sure all the race directors are responsible. And we learn, you know, like sometimes we just don't think of stuff that we should be doing Mm -hmm. and we can get ideas from one another. So I'm, I am really excited about American trail running association. And I I do want to go all the time. (laughs) It's it's just a great place to meet folks and, and uh, collaborate. You know, um, put your minds together. So I hope to make it back to, as you said, I'm, I, I don't know what my schedule is going to hold or what my travel plans are. So, um, because, uh, I think it's October, um, 
which I think it's right after Hennepin again. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I, it didn't conflict because I bought, um, I paid to be there. I already get my spat or whatever you do. Uh, but I just don't remember when it is. And apparent, and it's erased off my calendar for some reason that I'm looking at right now. I got like a chalkboard calendar and it's not, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not going up on there. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to be, probably Terry's going to be asking you to speak on something. yeah and you know how much i like that although i'm forced into into that nowadays i suppose (laughs) yeah yeah well i told him last year i said terry i'm just coming to participate and listen that's all i want to do as like (laughs) as a participant and of course two weeks before he's like hey mate can you can you speak for me (laughs) (laughs) good impression (laughs) Uh, I just had a podcast with him, so uh, I saw he, that. Yeah, I'll have to yeah, listen his to voice that is fresh in my mind. Um, really enjoyed my conversation with him. Um, he's such a an awesome guy. Um, well, Michelle, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go here. Uh, I know you need to to get some food in you. Uh, we we worked through your lunch hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but no, it was fun. It was it's good Absolutely. to get to know you and. Yeah, uh, I appreciate your time, and uh, I'm I'll I'll definitely see you this fall. Um, okay. like I said, we'll be up there to help out. You can count us for volunteering for uh, um, for kettle, and then uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, Hennepin goes off, and, and we can uh, we can run that one. I'm excited. So thank yeah. you for, for everything you do, uh, and and especially thank you for your time today. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you for all you do as well, and I look forward to being at Hellbender. Yeah, yeah, as long as everything goes off as no, no. planned. I know. We'll keep our fingers crossed. Thanks again, Michelle. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that was great. I want to thank Michelle uh, once again for for coming on. Uh, you know, we we had a <laughs> we had a great conversation um, and just. I thank her for for being open and and uh, you know discussing all of the different things we we went through today. Um, you know some of that stuff's really touchy right now. There's a lot going on, obviously in the the running world right now. Um, just craziness all over the place. So um, you know I, I really appreciate uh, her time and and her honesty. You know and and her feedback. Uh, so uh, if you have questions for Michelle, uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, we'll, uh, I'll post all of that in the, the show notes, uh, about, um, ornery mule racing and, uh, you know, where you can find her, uh, just a, you know, a, a great human being. I, I just, I'm so impressed, you know, she's coming to volunteer for, uh, for Hellbender made me, uh, you know, want to go out and, and volunteer for other races. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go out and, and volunteer for most likely, um, Kettle Moraine, uh, and, and help her out up there. And, uh, you know, I, like I'm, I'm going to reach out to some of the other RDs in the area that just, you know, are, uh, are awesome and, and do awesome things. The bakers with the, uh, Georgia jewel, you know, I, I love those guys and what they do for their community. So, um, they're, they're, you know, reciprocating, trying to volunteer for us for hellbender. So I want to go help them. So, you know, it's, it's awesome. Um, and, uh, and you guys, thank you. Uh, once again, thank you for, for listening, for being a part of this, um, and for the opportunity to, to, uh, to be a part of your run, your life, uh, you know, reach out to me with any comments, questions, um, and please, you know, if you would, uh, give a like and a, a review on, uh, iTunes, 
really helps the podcast be uh, be seen. Share it if you would. Um, I really appreciate that, guys. And uh, look forward to the next episode. Until then, guys, have a great run.